everybody. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Lights Out Podcast. I'm your host, Josh. As always, I've got my producer, Joel, in the building with me. And today we are covering a very, very mysterious and interesting cult known as the Order of the Solar Temple. These guys, really, really bizarre beliefs. I mean, most cults, that's what they're all about, right? But these guys draw a lot of comparisons to some of the other groups and cults that we've covered on the show, specifically with David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. There's definitely a lot of similarities there. Um, There's some other similarities with some of the other cults out there as well. But this one's really interesting because these guys base their beliefs off of the Knights Templar. And we'll get into more of what that is, why it's important a little bit later. But before we jump into this absolutely dark and mysterious story, I want to remind everybody that Planet Sleep is now out on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. We've got now two episodes out. We've got the Amazon Rainforest, and just recently we dropped the Galapagos Islands. Yep, dropped today. So Yeah, it's doing really, really well. I really appreciate everybody who has gone and checked it out, given us feedback on it. We really appreciate it. It's gone way better than I think either Joel or I even thought it would. So it's great to see all the positive feedback and just, you know, a good cleanser. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I love seeing the comments of people saying, you know, I fell asleep after 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I know. It makes me wonder. I'm like, how many of you are listening to this podcast and literally (laughs) falling asleep in 10, 15 minutes? I'm like. It's like you can never finish the episode because you always have to yeah, like, like back oh, up, shit, what, start it Where did back. I fall asleep at? I yeah. go back and rewatch it. I yeah. guess that's good for us, right? Because yeah, you know, we're getting I multiple mean, views and, right. and downloads. But yeah, no, it's been really cool to see everybody's feedback on it. So if you haven't checked out Planet Sleep, we'll put all the links for you below. Also, this episode of Lights Out is brought to you by Honey, Halo Collar, and IP Vanish VPN. But yeah not much else to report on other than studios coming together we finally got wallpaper up in the new set really really excited Mm -hmm. to unveil it hopefully we're thinking maybe another month or so to get everything completely finalized yeah and we also got our super cool chairs so like this setup guy is going to be completely different than this yeah we're we're elevating things to the next (laughs) the next dimension that's for sure yeah i mean for those that didn't know if you've been watching on youtube with this the set that we're in right now actually doubles for three shows so Mm -hmm. every single week joel or joel and i have to come in here and we literally have to lift this giant neon sign up swap it out with one of the other signs yeah take the other one down we have to put up all of our stuff and so it'll be really nice to have separate sets for all of our shows under malhar media and I'm very excited to see, you know, kind of how the lights out set totally comes together because it's a totally different vibe. Yeah. I think it's going to just elevate everything, really give you the the, the spooky vibes that we're, we're really trying to go for. So for sure. And we also did decide to get a new sign. So this sign won't be here much longer, guys. I know it's a bright one, but uh, we are completely switching up the sign. Yeah, yeah. Try to bring a little bit. It's it's hard because this thing lights lights up the room like the sun. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, like literally, it's it's yeah. so bright. And I didn't realize how bright it was going to be and how big it was going to be. For it looks one. really cool, though. It does. It looks badass, but it's way too big for yeah for where we're at and how close we are <laughs> right. to it. So yeah. So yeah. So we're going to kind of reimagine the whole studio setup. I'm super excited for you guys to get to enjoy that. Hopefully, here in the near future. But yeah. Let's go ahead and get into the Order of the Solar Temple. So most people heard of the Order of the Solar Temple in 1994 when the cult made headlines around the world. 
and it all started in the small village of Morin Heights, a tourist destination north of Montreal in Quebec, Canada, mostly known for skiing and other winter sports. On October 4th, 1994, as most people in the town were preparing for the busy tourist season, the fire brigade responded to a deadly fire at a ski chalet. And once the fire was out, investigators inspected the scene and found two burned bodies in the main area of the condominium. At first, they thought these were just the homeowners of the condo. Two men named Joseph DeMambro and Luke Jaurès, assuming the fire was a tragic accident. But the truth was much more sinister. Once the fire completely was put out and the smoke had cleared, investigators started working their way through the debris. They discovered that the fire was started by strategically placed timed incendiary devices that were set up throughout the condo. And some of these devices hadn't gone off, so large sections of the condo weren't destroyed as they had originally planned for. It was clear to investigators that whoever orchestrated this had intended for the entire structure to burn to the ground before anyone could respond. When they searched an adjacent structure, they made a grisly discovery. The badly burned bodies of two adults and a baby were stacked on top of each other in a storage area. The three bodies were soaked in blood, and their time of death was at least four days before the fire even started. They were identified as the Dutois family. Nikki Dutois had been stabbed eight times in the back, four times in the throat, and once in each breast. Her husband Tony had been beaten in the head with a blunt object. His throat was slashed and he was stabbed 50 times in the back. Their three-month-old, Christopher Emmanuel, had been stabbed six times through the heart with a wooden stake. Investigators were horrified by what looked like the ritual sacrifice of an infant and were desperate for answers. An RCMP spokesman confirmed today that there is an ongoing investigation into money laundering by the Solar Temple cult. 53 cult members died in Quebec and Switzerland last week. Some may have committed suicide, but police think many were murdered. Radio-Canada has reported the cult was a front used to cover up money laundering and arms smuggling. In Quebec, police are uncovering more and more details about the deaths there. And as the CBC's Jed Kahane reports, the more they find, the more gruesome the case becomes. Page by page, inch by inch, Quebec police are searching for clues at the home north of Montreal where the five bodies were found. Investigators know three of the dead were murdered, Nikki and Antonio Dutois and their three-month-old son. Police now say they died several days before the fires here and in Switzerland. And today they revealed that the family's murder was extremely brutal. Mr. Dutois suffered multiple, uh, was stabbed at, uh, repeatedly over 50 times, and more than that, he was hit uh, repeatedly with a blunt object. Very violent crime. The body of the three-month-old boy was found stuffed behind a water heater. He'd been stabbed through the heart. Inside the couple's car, police found traces of blood on the infant's car seat. And for the first time, police are suggesting the other two people found here on Tuesday may also have been murdered. Investigators say the man and the woman were alive when the fire started, but may have been poisoned first. They may have been drugged with the poison, poison or triangle we, we found. This is possible, but we have to wait for the results, that's for sure. 
Police also showed off photos of the devices that started the fire here. This one didn't go off, explaining why part of the house didn't burn down. That part of the house belongs to Joseph Dimambro, the man police say is the mastermind behind the order of the Solar Temple. Swiss Radio reported today Dimambro's body is among those found in Switzerland, but authorities would not confirm that. The RCMP, though, has confirmed that it's been investigating members of the order on suspicion of money laundering, but wouldn't comment any further. Radio Canada has reported Demembro was using the cult as a front to traffic weapons and launder millions of dollars in profits. Tonight, three Quebec police investigators are leaving for Switzerland to assist authorities there in their investigation and to try and determine the fate of several Quebecers, members of the Order of the Solar Temple, whose whereabouts are still unknown. An autopsy later revealed that the first two bodies were a man and a woman named Jerry and Colette Genoid. All five victims were members of a secret religious sect called the Order of the Solar Temple. And the condo owners were actually the founders of the group. 70-year-old Joseph DeMambro and 46-year-old Luke Zoro. The authorities immediately put out an arrest for Luke and Joseph, and soon the search went international. At midnight the following day, October 5th, 1994, firefighters were called out to a fire at a farmhouse in a rural area of Switzerland. Once this fire was put out, they entered the farmhouse and found the elderly owner of the farm dead in the kitchen. He was slumped across the table with a plastic bag over his head. Investigators thought that they were looking at a suicide until they noticed the gunshot wound in the back of the man's head. And just like the fire, in Morin Heights, just 24 hours earlier, this fire had also been started by strategically placed, timed incendiary devices. Another body was found in the home, but it was so badly burned they couldn't identify whose it was. As they searched the other buildings on the property, they found more incendiary devices that hadn't gone off. And then they noticed that one of the buildings seemed larger from the outside than it did from the inside. And when they went in, there was just one room set up as an office or meeting space. And it looked like people had likely been there very recently. As they inspected the space, one officer discovered a secret panel. And when they slid the wall back, they discovered a large ceremonial room with red walls, a red floor, and red furniture. There was also golden lecterns and champagne bottles scattered around the room. In the middle of the floor were 18 bloody corpses arranged in a star formation, with their feet toward the center and their heads facing out. They were all wearing black, red, or gold ceremonial capes, and some had plastic bags over their heads just like the farmer. As they took in the scene, an investigator found a second secret room that had three more bodies inside. Both rooms were completely covered in blood. There were a total of 23 victims, and several had been murdered while others were clearly suicides. Investigators believe these deaths took place the day before at the exact same time the fire was ignited in Morin Heights. Two days later, on October 7, 1994, about 100 miles away from the second scene, firefighters responded to another fire in a Swiss resort village. Three adjacent ski chalets had been set on fire, and inside they found 25 more bodies and they were all burned nearly beyond recognition. Some died by asphyxiation, and others were shot in the head. Several had also been poisoned. 
Among the victims were three teenagers and four young children. Between the two Swiss murder-suicide scenes, only 15 of the victims were definitely suicides. The rest had been clearly murdered. Investigators in Switzerland quickly linked the two fires, but they didn't find the motive behind these tragedies until they started identifying the victims. They discovered that they were all members of the Order of the Solar Temple, and among the dead were the group's founders, Joseph de Mambro and Luc Giraud. Joseph de Mambro was born on August 19, 1924, in a commune in southern France. He and his two younger siblings went to a local Catholic school, and the family went to Mass together every Sunday. Instead of going to college, Joseph got a job at a jewelry store and studied clockmaking. He married his wife Janine in 1944, and they had one child, a son named Bernard. And over the next few years, he became fascinated with the occult. In 1956, he took this interest to the next level and joined the ancient and mystic order of the Rosy Cross, or Amork, a worldwide order of mystics. Amork claims to be a non-sectarian organization that studies the mysteries of the universe and doesn't ascribe to any particular religion. Members are offered lessons in mystical teachings, learning things like telepathy, telekinesis, spiritual alchemy, cosmic consciousness, and metaphysical healing. The group has been accused of having a secret agenda of practicing mind control through hypnosis. Joseph claimed that he mastered the ability to talk to spirits and to see into parallel dimensions, and these special abilities helped him rise through the ranks of a mark. And by the late 1960s, he was the head of his own lodge in France. By 1970, he had quit his day job to become a full-time lecturer in the New Age movement and traveled all over France gaining new followers. A few years later, he founded the Center for the Preparation of the New Age, and he and his followers moved into a commune in eastern France. Three years later, he founded La Pyramid, a communal group in Geneva, Switzerland, and then he started the Golden Way Foundation. By now, the French authorities noticed this New Age religious leader and were keeping a close eye on his movements. In Switzerland, he claimed to be part of the Great White Brotherhood, a secret organization of spiritual leaders who are called the Masters of the Ancient Wisdom. The role of these masters is to guide the spiritual evolution of the human race. Around this time, Joseph started claiming that he was a reincarnation of figures like Moses, from the Old Testament of the Bible, the Egyptian pharaoh, Akhenaten, and the Egyptian god Osiris. He told his followers that there were also reincarnations of prominent historical figures, like Napoleon Bonaparte and Cleopatra. He told them that they would create a master race of humans by uniting in cosmic marriages. He decided who would get married and which couples could have children. He even gave himself the right to name the children. He proclaimed that his son, Eli, was destined to help usher in the New Age. In 1982, a New Age lecturer named Luc Jaurès started giving talks to the members of the Golden Way Foundation and he and Joseph became fast friends. Luke was born on October 18, 1947, in the Belgian Congo in Africa, which is now the Republic of Zaire. In the 1950s, his parents took him back to their home country of Belgium. He went to the Free University of Brussels to study medicine, and while earning his degree, he joined a communist youth group. This put him on the radar of the local authorities. But he went on to graduate in 1974, and two years later, he joined the Belgian army as a paratrooper 
After his military service, he decided to switch his career focus to homeopathic medicine. He traveled all over the world to learn about holistic and spiritual practices, including dabbling in the supernatural. And by the early 1980s, he had settled in France near the Swiss border and worked as a homeopathic practitioner and lecturer. Joseph soon discovered that his new friend was a member of the Renewed Order of the Temple, a group that traced its roots back to the Knights Templar, a Catholic military organization from medieval times. These warrior monks used their wealth and power to advance Christianity in the Middle East, fuel the Crusades, and protect the Holy Land. In the early 1300s, the King of France, who was deeply in debt to the Knights Templar, ordered mass simultaneous arrests for alleged heresy. These charges were based on rumors that they worshipped idols, spit on the cross, and engaged in homosexual activity and sodomy during their initiation ceremonies. They were also charged with financial corruption, deception, and fraud. And those arrested were tortured until they confessed. The resulting scandal prompted the Pope to order the arrest of all Templars in Europe, and eventually to disband the order altogether. All of their lands and assets were seized, and the Templars who were found guilty were burned alive at the stake. Many fled to Portugal where they were protected by the king and formed new orders. Others went underground, taking their gold and other treasures with them. Recently, secret tunnels were discovered beneath their former headquarters in Jerusalem that researchers believe hold hidden treasures from the Crusades. With membership now legal, the Knights Templar split into multiple secret societies and each one established its own rules and power structures. The last Grand Master of the Knights Templar to be burned at the stake had cursed the King of France and the Pope before his death. And within a year of doing that, they were both dead. All of this was very appealing to Joseph de Mambro, and he had a proposition for Luke. He suggested that they merge the communal aspects of the Golden Way Foundation with the wealth and power structure of the Knights Templar to create their own organization. Joseph would run things from their home base in Switzerland, while Luke uses his charisma and public speaking skills to recruit new members to the order. In 1984, they combined occultism with New Age beliefs to form the Order of the Solar Temple. Joseph borrowed rituals and practices from the Freemasons and Christianity, as well as concepts from the Great White Brotherhood. He claimed to be the reincarnation of one of the Knights Templar and sold the idea that if followers contributed enough money to the organization, they too could acquire the spiritual power of the medieval warrior monks. Luke, meanwhile, also claimed to be the reincarnation of one of the Knights Templar, as well as the third reincarnation of Jesus Christ. He continued to travel the world seeking new recruits, and within a short period of time, he doubled their membership. Joseph was focused on bringing rich, powerful people into the group, because the more money someone gave, the closer they would come to spiritual enlightenment. It's rumored that the Princess Grace of Monaco was secretly initiated into the group a few months before her death, though her estate has denied any association with the Order of the Solar Temple. Two witnesses have claimed that they were present for Princess Grace's initiation ceremony. The first was an acupuncturist, whose role was to help calm people down before the rituals. The second was a man who referred to himself only as Guy. He claimed he was the personal chauffeur, for one of the group's founders. Princess Grace died in a car accident in 1982, and her car allegedly crashed on the property of a member of the Order of the Solar Temple. According to Guy, 
She was killed because she was trying to leave the group. Other members consisted of doctors, architects, insurance reps, business owners, wealthy executives, police officers, and even politicians. Before we dive even deeper into the Order of the Solar Temple, we're going to take a quick ad break and we'll be right back. So the Order of the Solar Temple is really starting to expand their reach around the world. And in addition to their headquarters in Switzerland, they established new lodges in Canada, Australia, Spain, and the French Caribbean. And each lodge was run by a regional commander and three elders. Members would advance through three different levels, with three grades per level. And they would do this through rituals and, of course, initiation fees. These investments ensured their passage to another planet through death voyages, where members would be reunited in another life. They were also sold expensive literature written by prominent group members. And one of the hallmarks of the group was the elaborate ceremonies led by Joseph de Mambro. During these ceremonies, Joseph really put on a show. As two women undressed, spectacular images and visions seemed to appear out of nowhere. Objects appeared out of nowhere, levitated off of the floor, and were thrown around the room to demonstrate his supernatural abilities. Those who participated in these rituals were told that they could achieve an enlightened state of consciousness. Members wore medieval robes and held a sword that Joseph said belonged to the Knights Templar, claiming that it was gifted to him in another life a thousand years ago. Joseph and Luke also taught members that the apocalypse, which they called the time of disasters, was coming. It would be an environmental catastrophe caused by man, and only a small elite group of noble travelers would survive. The apocalypse would then trigger the second coming of Jesus Christ, who was referred to as the Solar God King. The noble travelers would then be transported through a pathway of fire to a planet orbiting the star Sirius. Joseph claimed that his daughter Emanuele was one of nine cosmic children who would lead them to their new home. And as the chosen one, Emanuele had to follow strict rules, including never being touched by anyone outside her immediate family. To become a noble traveler, members had to prove their devotion, rise through the ranks, and of course, pay a lot of money. In 1989, at the group's height of power, they had about 600 members worldwide and controlled upwards of $93 million. As Joseph and Luke acquired more wealth and continued to buy properties around the world, members started to get suspicious. Many of them had given millions of dollars expecting an apocalyptic event that would destroy the planet. But all that seemed to be happening was more elaborate rituals. As skepticism spread through the group, some of them started to demand their money back. Meanwhile, Luke was leading his own rituals in a lodge in Canada. He decided that in order to have enough spiritual strength to get through a ritual, a female member had to have sex with him before each one. The other members rebelled against this power grab and voted him out as Grand Master of the Lodge. Before meeting Joseph, he had been kicked out of a neo-Nazi magical organization for a similarly failed power grab. Joseph was angry, and the members didn't have the power to vote out the founders and he sensed that they were losing control. By now, his health had started to fail, and he was diagnosed with cancer. His kidneys were failing, and he was incontinent. Emanuele had also started to rebel against her role as the cosmic child, and the many rules she had to follow as the chosen one. And then in February 1993, the 54-day Waco siege was broadcasted on TV, and members of the Order of the Solar Temple witnessed the massacre of the Branch Davidians, at the hands of the government. 
They couldn't help but make comparisons between David Koresh and their own leaders and began to worry that this was where they were headed. The following month, one of the lodges in Quebec was raided by the police, who had been investigating Luke and two other members for dealing in illegal arms. They were also suspected of threatening to murder the public security minister, and they were under investigation for money laundering. Joseph and Luke pulled all their operations in Quebec and relocated the remaining members to Switzerland. In the process, they lost many of the wealthiest and most influential people in the group. And as they struggled to retain power, one of their longtime members, Tony Dutois, made a shocking discovery. Tony was a handyman who helped Joseph set up his rituals. His wife, Nikki, was a seamstress who made the group's ceremonial robes. The couple had close access to Joseph, and eventually, Tony learned that their leader didn't have the special powers that allowed him to conduct the elaborate ceremonies. He was using their money to acquire hologram and laser technology. He used projectors to create the illusion of spiritual visions during ceremonies, including appearances by the spiritual grandmasters of the solar temple. It was all fake. At first, Tony stayed quiet, but then Joseph decided that he and Nikki were forbidden from having children. But when Nikki got pregnant, she decided to have the baby anyway, and Joseph was furious. He was also angry that they named the baby themselves, believing it was his right as the founder to name all new children. To add insult to injury, they chose the name Emmanuel, which Joseph saw as a challenge to his daughter Emanuele, as one of the chosen cosmic children. The couple knew that they had to leave the group, and before they fled, Tony told everyone that Joseph was a fraud and announced that Christopher Emmanuel Dutois, their three-month-old baby, was the Antichrist and a threat to his daughter's destiny as the true Messiah, and he had to die. So he sent two members, Joel Egger and Dominique Belaton, to Morin Heights to complete the mission. Dominique was the mother of Emanuele, who Joseph claimed was impregnated by Immaculate Conception. Joel and Dominique traveled from Switzerland to Quebec, and on September 30th, 1994, they invited Tony and Nikki Dutois to dinner at the ski chalet in Morin Heights. When the couple arrived, they were immediately attacked and killed, and then they murdered the baby by driving a wooden stake through his heart. The killers then drove the couple's car to the airport and flew back to Switzerland. The job was finished by 35-year-old Jerry Genoud and 60-year-old Colette Genoud, who placed the incendiary devices and then died in the fire. With the Antichrist assassinated, Joseph told the remaining members that the apocalypse had indeed arrived. It was time to be transported to their new home planet. On October 4th, Joseph and Luke brought their followers together for a kind of last supper. The next day, they gathered on the farm in Switzerland and carried out the mass murder-suicide. Those who refused to poison themselves were shot in the head or suffocated with plastic bags. Luke and Joseph were among the bodies. Joseph's son, Eli, had been a longtime skeptic of his father's powers and had spoken out about Joseph's deception and fraud. He had left the group in his early 20s, but shortly before the ritual sacrifice, he apparently got back in touch with his father because his body was found in the farmhouse burned beyond recognition. The 24-year-old was identified through dental records. His mother, who was never part of the Order of the Solar Temple, claimed his remains. Investigators believe Eli was invited to the farm, drugged, and held there against his will for several days. No one knows for sure if he was conscious when the farmhouse was set on fire. Two days later, in a Swiss resort village 100 miles away, 
The remaining 25 members died. At least people thought these were the only remaining members. Over a year later, on December 22, 1995, the winter solstice, 16 bodies were found in a forest in southeastern France, near an area called the Pit of Hell, including two French police officers. The victims included three children who were 6, 4, and less than 2 years old. Most of the bodies were badly burned and they were arranged in a star formation. Almost all of them had taken a dangerous combination of drugs, and several had been shot in the head. A few of them had even been severely beaten before being shot. Among the victims was the wife of a famous Olympic ski champion, along with her youngest son. She had joined the group during a struggle with depression in 1990, but after the founders died, she swore she'd have nothing more to do with the Order of the Solar Temple. Family members learned about their deaths through a police report that mentioned their names, and investigators found multiple suicide notes from the victims that explained they were not dying, but instead being transported to another planet. They also implied another mass suicide was coming, which put everyone on high alert. Overseas now, the charred bodies of 16 people, including three children, were found today in a remote region of the French Alps. They're all believed to be members of the Solar Temple cult. It's the second time in 14 months that members of the cult have perished. 53 members died in apparent murder-suicides in Switzerland and Quebec in October of last year. The CBC's Mimi Tompkins reports. A French police helicopter spotted the charred bodies in a forest near Grenoble early this morning. 500 officers were involved in the manhunt. It began on Friday when cars were found in the forest belonging to cult members. The 16 burned bodies were discovered this morning a couple of kilometers from the parking lot. A French prosecutor says three children are among the dead. He says it's possible some of the victims were shot to death. Some weapons were found at the site. Their bodies were found lying in a star formation with their feet in the middle. Authorities say brush and trees stacked up around the clearing were likely used to light the bodies on fire. The same star formation was used in October 1994. The bodies of 48 members of the doomsday cult were found in burned down buildings in a small town in Switzerland. Over a year went by and nothing happened. But just when investigators started to relax, the group struck again. On March 20th, 1997, the spring equinox, five more burned bodies were found in Quebec. Authorities pieced together what happened with the help of three teenagers who had escaped. The fire was supposed to be caused by timed incendiary devices, and when these devices failed to work, the teens were able to convince their parents to let them live. They escaped, but their parents stayed behind to die. The remaining five adults took tranquilizers and laid on the floor in the shape of a cross, and then they lit themselves on fire. All the victims had been members of the Order of the Solar Temple. They left a note that said that they had been transported by fire to another planet. In total, 74 members of the Order of the Solar Temple had died. Five more bodies were found in a burned house in Quebec. Investigators say the cult was obsessed with death and considered it an illusion. Experts say cult leaders told their followers that fire would lead them to a new world on another planet. The 1994 deaths were thought to be timed astrologically. On peut penser que le décès remonte à plusieurs jours. Officials say this week's mass suicide could have happened on Thursday night. That's winter solstice, the longest night of the year. In 1998, a German psychologist and 29 other members were preparing for another mass suicide in the Canary Islands. The authorities there managed to stop them just in time. In 2001, a famous international conductor, 
was put on trial for his role in the 1994 deaths. He had written a lot of the group's literature that was sold to members, and he had been a key player in planning the two mass murder suicides in Switzerland. During the trial, it was revealed that two high-level members had been chosen before each mass suicide to murder members who refused to take their own lives. It was believed that these members weren't enlightened enough to be transported into the next life on their own. These two high-level members then lit the dead on fire before killing themselves. Two former members testified at the trial that the conductor was among the top leaders, who preached that all of them needed to die by suicide. But the conductor was ultimately acquitted and continued his successful career as if nothing ever happened. And for a long time, rumors persisted that Luc Giraud was still alive. The chief pathologist had to re-examine the body and confirm that it really was Luke. But many still didn't believe he was dead. It didn't help that a year after the fires, the scene was still covered in debris. And in most cases like this, the entire area would be locked down and everything removed and analyzed. In addition to the charred remains of the structure, there were still personal belongings like shoes, purses, documents, and even an electronic typewriter among the debris. By not processing everything at the scene, the Swiss authorities could have missed crucial evidence. A similar situation happened in Canada after the Morin Heights fire. Months later, there were still toys and clothes and documents among the debris, any of which could have been clues about exactly what happened and how to prevent future mass suicides. Investigators had also delayed locking down other properties owned by the group. Surviving family members worried vital evidence was missed or removed before the properties were searched. The authorities rejected this criticism and maintained the investigation was very thorough. And it's believed that the Order of the Solar Temple is still operating today and may even have hundreds of active members. Some even theorize that Joseph de Mambro and Luc Giraud weren't the real leaders of the secret society and were actually taking their orders from someone much higher up whose identity is still unknown today. So I guess there is a possibility that this secret society or cult is still active today in some way, shape, or form. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if it was. I mean, there's there's always going to be offshoots of a lot of these these larger cults, especially this one, the fact that it's spread across the entire world pretty much. There's always going to be small chapters that still continue to follow the literature that you know they taught within these groups. So as for whether or not Joseph de Mambro and Luc Giraud were really the leaders of the cult, I think that's really hard to determine. I think based on the information that we have, I do think that they were really the main players in setting up the cult and really getting it going and, you know, providing, you know, the information to follow. But a lot of times with these secret societies, though, there is oftentimes people that are involved that are completely secret that don't even aren't even in the same vicinity of any of these people or the locations that they were at. And they are in fact much higher up in the order and therefore just never reveal themselves for that very reason so that they're never identified and that the sort of secrecy around the cult can continue on even if everybody were to perish within the group so i definitely wouldn't be surprised if the order of the solar temple and and the real leaders are still out there in some capacity Mm -hmm. whether it's the originals or you know some other people that sort of taking it over but the very basis of this cold is very similar to especially the branch davidians i mean yeah. they even said themselves that there's you know a lot of similarities there preparing for the apocalypse right and there's going to be a better life 
you know, the biggest one I identified was the whole suicide pact and die by fire, which. Yeah. Yeah. And that fire was going to, you know, it's interesting because they then add on the element of like reincarnation and this idea that you're going to, you know, start a new life on another planet and everything. So it's kind of, it's, they really took a lot of different religious ideas and sort of philosophical ideas and occult practices and kind of put them all together under the guise of the Knights Templar. But really it's much more than that. And it's really a religious cult at the end of the day. It's really comes down to, you know, religious beliefs and, you know, they kind of tied in the money part of it to fund it and all the superficial, you know, reasons that people start cults for was all there as well. So as far as the cult goes, really not much different than a lot of the other cults out there, but just the fact that they they did wear robes, they really did embody the Knights Templar as sort of their, you know, the mascot, I guess you could say, yeah. for for the cult is pretty interesting. But at the end of the day, you know, it's just it's terribly sad that all of these people ended up either being murdered or dying as a result of mass suicide. So it's one of those stories that I don't think a lot of people know about. And it's, it's always interesting to take a look at these because here in America, I mean, I don't remember ever hearing about this in school or in history or anything like that about the order no. of the solar temple. It was always about Waco and yeah. And you know, some of those more Jonestown, mainstream ones. Yeah. Jim Jones and Jonestown and all of that. But rarely do you hear about this, the order of the solar temple. Yeah. It's really interesting. So you'll have to let us know what your thoughts are on the order of the solar temple. We'd love to know. But that is it for this episode of the Lights Out Podcast. We'll be back next week with another spooky episode. But until then, lights out, everybody.